Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Father, we just turn our hearts to you. We open our hearts to you right now. In Jesus' name. To your word, Lord. I thank you that your word is forever settled in heaven. It never changes because it's perfect. It's righteous. It's good. It's spirit and life. And life to those who find them. And health to all their flesh. I thank you that man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We look to your word. Tonight for strength, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, praise God. I want to start tonight in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 3, Matthew chapter 3. In this account, John the Baptist is baptizing in the River Jordan. And it says, all Jerusalem was coming to him, a surrounding district. And the Sadducees and the the Pharisees came to him, questioning him, and asked, wanting to know if he was the Messiah. He said he wasn't. And part of his answer was this. He said, as in verse 11, Matthew 3, verse 11, as for me, he said, I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, and I am not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. You know, we talk, we often hear preaching about the the Holy Spirit, about the gifts of the Spirit, about the fruit of the Spirit, how the Spirit of God will be our guide, our comforter, our teacher, the one who helps us. That the Spirit is everything we need on the earth, and He is. But we don't very often talk about the fire. John the Baptist said he'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So I want to talk a little bit about the fire tonight. What's the fire for? What does the fire do in our lives? Is there a fire in your life burning? I pray there is. God wants a fire to burn on the inside of us as long as we're walking on this earth and serving him. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 4, This is a familiar passage of scripture concerning the day of Pentecost. It says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues as a fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. When the Spirit came, fire came. Tongues of fire sat on each one of them, and it was visible. They could see it. God wants us to have the fire in our life. To be baptized with fire means to be immersed into the fire. There should be a fire that's burning in every one of us. All the days of our life as we walk on the earth 
serving God. So for what purpose? That's what I look at tonight. What purpose is the fire come? What is it supposed to do in our lives? Well, in Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 4, the scripture says, Take away the dross from the silver, and there comes out a vessel for the smith. And 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 20 and 21, it says, Therefore, if a man purge himself from these things, it's talking about negative things in our lives. If a man purge himself from these things, he'll be a vessel of honor, sanctified, useful for the master, prepared for every good work. God says this, that we have to be, we have to be purged of what the Bible calls dross. It's waste. It's things that, that have to be skimmed off. Silver and other metals are refined in a furnace. In Psalm 126, it says, The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of, on the earth, refined seven times. The way you purify metal is you melt it, and the sludge, the dross, floats to the top, and you skim it off. But it doesn't happen all at once. You can't get it all at once. I don't know why that is. So I'm sure it's a chemical reason. But you have to let the... Let the metal solidify. Then you melt it again, and a little bit more of that dross surfaces, and you skim it off. It's a process. I think what God wants us to understand is what the Spirit of God wants to do in our lives in sanctifying us and causing us to be like Him. It's a process. It doesn't, it's not just a one-time event. It happens throughout our lives. The Bible says in Philippians, He who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. God is always working on us because we all... We never come to that place of perfection in our lives. Of walking after God. So the Spirit of God convicts us of things that need to be removed and changed in our lives. So the Spirit, the fire, purifies us. We all come into the body of Christ with what, I, what the Bible calls her dross. Things in our lives that need to change. Even if we're raised in Christian homes, we know, no one's perfect. We all have areas of our life where God wants to work and God wants to improve. So wrong thoughts, wrong attitudes, wrong ways of acting or talking. Lots of things need to change in every one of us. And that's one thing the fire does. The fire purges us from the things that God wants to remove. That's why in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, the Apostle Paul says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. The Greek word there is metamorpho. It's, it's the word we get, our English word, metamorphosis. It talks about a complete change, not like a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. It's not a caterpillar that you put wings on. It becomes a whole new thing. The old thing is like passed away and a new, a new species comes, a new animal comes. We have to be, it's the way God wants with us. The old man is crucified. The old man passes away. And the new man in Christ needs to be developed and become all that God wants them to be. We have to be deprogrammed from the old and reprogrammed with the new. In Daniel chapter 3, there's an amazing story. I said this morning that when I get to heaven, there's certain videos, well, however God does it, certain videos that I want to see. And this is one of them. There's the account of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In Daniel chapter 24, you know the story. And what happened was the king, Nebuchadnezzar, was a very prideful man. He had this humongous statue made of all gold. He commanded everyone to bow down to the statue. 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego wouldn't bow down. He said, if, anyone won't, if they won't bow down, they're going to get thrown in the fire. And so when they didn't bow down, he brought them before him. He said, I'm going to give you one more chance to bow down. And they said, no, we're not going to bow down. And so Nebuchadnezzar, the king, bound him up and threw him in the fire. And it says in verse 24, then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished and stood up in haste and said to his high officials, was it not three men we bound cast in the midst of the fire? They replied, certainly, O king. He said, look, I see four men loosed and walking about in the midst of the fire without harm. And the appearance of the fourth is like the son of God. And Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the furnace of blazing fire. He responded and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come out, you servants of the Most High God, and come here. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the midst of the fire. The satraps, the prefects, the governors, and the king's high officials gathered around and saw in regard to these men that the fire had not had no effect on their bodies, of these on the bodies of these men, nor was the hair of their head singed, nor were their trousers damaged, nor were they, they didn't even have the smell of smoke on them. It's an amazing miracle that God performed. And that's what the fire does. The fire is supposed to not consume us. The fire is not supposed to destroy us. The fire is supposed to loose us from our bonds. Those things that are holding us back. Those things that have kept us in bondage for so long. Fears, addictions, unforgiveness, hurts and wounds, insecurities, depression, whatever. Things that we've, that we've been bound to that have controlled us. These things have kept us from being who God called us to be. But the fire of God will set you free from them in Jesus' name. In Isaiah chapter 43, Prophet Isaiah But now thus says the Lord your creator O Jacob and he who formed you O Israel do not fear for I have redeemed you I have called you by name for you are mine when you pass through the waters I will be with you and through the rivers they will not overflow you when you walk through the fire you will not be burned nor will the flame kindle upon you when you walk through the fire the Bible says you will not be scorched or burned the flame will not consume you. The flame that God wants in our lives is not there to destroy us. It's there to purify us, to help us become the people that God's called us to be. We have to yield to it. Part of, part, of the, part of the process of becoming the people that God wants us to be is living through the storms of life, the tests and the trials that come. In James chapter 1, and verse 2, it says, The trying of your faith produces patience. It's the trying of your faith. When the, when the hardships of life come, well, what's really being tried is our faith. What are we going to believe in the midst of the trial? If it's a financial trial, do you really believe that God's your provider? If it's a physical trial, do you really believe that God is your healer? Do you really believe that God is a good God, that all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to your purposes? I tell you this several times where I've had to stand in that scripture because of things that are going on in our life. I say, God, you're a good God. You're causing all these things, all these things that, that seem to want to just consume us. You're causing it to work together for our good. Do you really believe there's nothing impossible with God? Can God do anything? I believe he can. I believe in a supernatural God. You know, that's I, I, one of the things that just continues to come up in me as I pray is to confess that God is a supernatural God, that God is a God of signs and wonders and miracles. 
And I want to see that in our midst. I want to see God glorified. Not so much to, for the church to be glorified. I want to see God glorified. I want to see him prove. I want, you know, I, it's, it's almost as if I want God to come down and do some mighty, mighty things and say, see, I told you that was God. And prove it, you know, just show people that he's God. So that they'll turn to him and find him and find the peace and the joy and the salvation it's in, it's, that God wants everyone to have. You really believe that you're forgiven, that God is for you, not against you? Well, all those things will test us as we walk with God. The fire of God will test our endurance. It'll test our patience. When we feel like we can't go on, we have to keep going on. We, can't, we feel like we can't do it any longer. We can't take it anymore. God will give us the strength to go on. Because God said to Paul, the Apostle Paul, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, my strength is perfected in weakness. When you can't be strong, I'll be strong in you. When you can't keep going, I'll go through you. In Philippians 4, and verse 12 and 13, the Apostle Paul said he could do all things through Christ who gives us the strength. He can continue to go. He's not going to be, he's not going to be overwhelmed. He's not going to be defeated. He's going to make it through because God will give him the strength. It's in the furnace of affliction that we become refined. The fire is sent to refine us, to purify us, to purge us from our iniquities. So I just say, when I, when I read that, I say, Lord, let it happen to me. Let your fire follow my life, Lord. Purge, purge out all the iniquities. Let the dross go in Jesus' name, that I might be more like you. The fire also provides heat and light. The fire of God is supposed to keep us on fire, to keep us zealous for God. For the ways, keep us zealous for God, for his ways, for his purposes. In John chapter 2, in verse 13, the Passover of the Jews was near and Jesus went up to Jerusalem and he found in the temple those who were selling oxen and sheep and doves and money changers sitting at their tables and he made a scourge of, of cords and drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables and to those who were selling doves he said take these things away stop making my father's house a place of merchandise or business. And the disciples remembered that which was written, zeal for your house will consume me. Jesus had a zeal. That fire, wants us, that fire wants to have a zeal for God, for the things of God. The fire is never supposed to go out in the tabernacle in the, tabernacle in the wilderness. And in the temple there was a fire burning on the, excuse me, there was a fire burning on the altar. And that fire was never supposed to go out. There was also a fire burning in what they call the holy place. There were lamps in the holy place. They had to be trimmed every morning and every night. But it was a continual fire, a continual light burning in the holy place. That fire that first consumed us. Remember when you were first saved, how excited you were about the things of God, how excited you were about the Bible. I remember when I first, when I first gave my life to the Lord, <coughs> excuse me, we were in Panama City. I just got back from Thailand, and I was re what they call requalifying in the 106. And I had this great big notebook that I was supposed to be learning about all this, the fuel system, the hydraulic system, and all everything. But for some reason, I'd give my life to the Lord, and all I wanted to do was read my Bible. You know, I was concerned. I just wanted to read my Bible. That's all I wanted to do. There was an excitement. You know, when you're first saved, there's an excitement about the things of God. You, it's like you found this whole new life that's been that you know is the truth. And you're so excited about it. 
But God wants that fire, to, that fire that we initially felt. He wants it to never go out, to keep burning, that we be, to be on fire for God our whole lives. A fire left unattended will eventually burn out. It says in Proverbs 26 and 20, for lack of wood, the fire goes out. So unless we keep adding logs to the fire, it'll go out. And it's the same with us. We keep, we keep doing things that, we need to keep doing the things that stir up the fire, that keep the fire burning in our lives. Pray. How do you do You pray when you don't feel like praying. You read when you don't feel like reading. You go to church when you don't feel like going to church. We do the things that keeps, keeps the fire burning. We pray in tongues. We worship. We stay in fellowship. We do the things we know to do. And that fire will stay burning in our heart. We'll be just excited about God 40 years after we've been serving him as we were at the beginning. Believing God for signs and wonders and miracles. Believing God to do great things in your life, in the life of those that you love, in the life of the church, in the life of this city, in the life of this area. God showing himself strong on our behalf. We have to refuse to allow the busyness of life to keep us from God, to keep us from diminishing our relationship with God. Our relationship with God is like a marriage. If we don't pay attention to it, if we don't stir it up, the passion wanes. Everything becomes ordinary, very complacent, very normal. We find ourselves drifting apart. And we say things like, you know, we're just not in love much in, in love as we were. And I just feel like that doesn't apply to me. I'm in love with God. I'm just as much in love with my wife as I ever been. You know, because we spend a lot of time together. We, in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 15, speaking to the Laodicean church, it says, I know your deeds, that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you're lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I'll spew you out of your mouth. So we have to keep the fire burning because the worst thing that can happen to us is to become lukewarm. Well, if we become lukewarm, we become kind of, you might say, repulsive to God. You say, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. That's what, every time I read that, it's like, God, don't ever let me become lukewarm. I don't want to become lukewarm. I want to love you. I want to be on fire for you, God. I want to serve you. I want to be hot my whole life in Jesus' name. The fire is the conviction of the Holy Ghost that shows us that we're not where we should be. We're not as hot as we should be. We're not on as far as we should be. And it helps us to change and become that person who wants more of God, who's hunger for more, always going ahead and growing in God. We're supposed to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. We're supposed to let our light shine in the darkness. The fire keeps our light shining in the darkness, in Jesus' name. So I say, Lord, light your fire again in me. Let the fire burn in me, Lord. Let me be heat and let me be light, in Jesus' name. Also, fire, fire motivates us to be to fulfill the call of God in our life. Look what it says in Jeremiah chapter 20. When Jeremiah was prophesying, he was, he was prophesying gloom and doom, really, against the nation of Israel because they'd been into idolatry and idol worship and all kinds of ungodly practices for, for, for hundreds of, for a few hundred years. And God finally said, that's it, I'm, I'm going to come and I'm judging you people. And every time he prophesied, the false prophets would, would, would strike him and, 
and uh, abuse and, pre- and persecute him. And this, this is what it says in Jeremiah chapter 20. When per- Pasher, the guy named P-A-S-H-H-U-R, when Pasher the priest, the son of Emmer, who was chief officer in the house of the Lord, heard Jeremiah prophesying these things, these negative things, saying that Israel is going to be invaded, they're going to go into captivity. Pasher had Jeremiah the prophet beaten and put him in stocks that were in, at the upper Benjamin Gate, which was at the house of the Lord. So he had, he had him beaten and stuck in stocks. And down in verse 7, it says that Jeremiah was complaining to, the God, to God about what happened. He says, O oh Lord, you have deceived me and I was deceived. You have overcome me and prevailed. I become a laughingstock all day long. Everyone mocks me. For each time I speak, I cry aloud. I proclaim violence and destruction. That, that was the message that God gave him. Violence and destruction is coming. Every time I do that, they're against me, he says. Because of me, the word of the Lord has resulted in reproach and derision all day long. But if I say, I will not remember him or speak any more of his name. If I say, that's it, I'm not doing this anymore. Then in my heart, it becomes like a fire shut up in my bones. And I'm weary of holding it in. I cannot endure. Jeremiah says, if I took that attitude, I'm not doing this again. The word of the Lord that you've given me would be like fire shut up in my bones. It's like it has to come out. It wants to come out. I have to let it out in Jesus' name. See, if we resist the call, the things that God wants you to do, the things that God wants me to do, if I resist that, they'll become like a fire shut up in my bones. It will, it will not release. It will burn on the inside of us. You might say kind of compelling or pressuring us to be what God wants us to be, at least for a while. It won't continue forever, but for a while God will keep that pressure on you to do what God's called you to do. I remember one example in my life, and this is kind of a minor thing, I guess, but years and years ago, I went to a parts store in Rome. I had to buy a part for my car, and I expected it to be fairly, just a couple dollars. When the guy came with the part and gave it to me, it was like two or three times more expensive than I thought, and I, and I said something to the effect, uh, I said, boy, this, this, this is a lot more expensive than it used to be a few years ago. He said, yeah, and I meant to say that's because we're not as old as we, we're not as young as we used to be. He was, he was a guy about my age, and but what came out of my mouth was, you're not as young as you used to be. Instead of, I said, instead of said we, I said him. I could see the look on his face like he was insulted, and I was embarrassed that, I'd, that that's what came out. So I took the part, and I walked out of the store, and, for, and every, every day when I got down to pray, God began to convict me. You owe that man an apology. It's like that's that fire on the inside saying, you need to do this. You need to owe that man, you owe that man an apology. And, I, and after a couple days of that just being, it's like I knew I couldn't, I couldn't go forward in God. I couldn't sense the presence of God. It's like God was saying, you're not going any further with me until you do what I've called you to do, I've asked you to do. So I went back to that store, and I, was, I just I said, I'll humble myself. I'll just go in there, and I'll tell them I'm sorry for what I said. I didn't mean it. In my, in my mind, I pictured the worst scenario. The store's going to be full of people, and I'm going to have to say this in front of all these people, and he's not going to remember me from Adam. I'm going to be embarrassed. He's going to say, who, who are you? I don't remember. But I said, i got to do it. So I went to the store. I walked in. Thank God there was no one else there but me. And I walked up to him. I said, I was here about a week and a half ago, and this is what happened. 
He said, I said, I said, you're not as young as you. I said, you probably don't remember that. He said, yeah, I remember. <laughs> he had been offended. You know, when you're offended, you remember. And I said, well, I apologize. I didn't mean to say it. I mean to say this. He accepted my apology. That was the end of it. But that fire, that fire was, you know, and so it wouldn't let me go until I did what God wants me to do. And that's what the fire will do for all of us. It'll help us to, be, to do what God's called us to do. To put that pressure on us. It's good pressure to be the people that God's called us to be and to do what he's called us to do. So, Lord, let that fire burn within us in Jesus' name. And finally, real quick, in worship and in prayer. Let me just read one scripture on worship and one scripture in prayer. In Exodus chapter 30, In Exodus chapter 30 and verse 1, it says, Moreover, God is speaking to Moses, You shall make an altar as a place for burning incense. You shall make it of acacia wood. And Aaron shall burn fragrant incense on it. And he shall burn it every morning when he trims the lamps. And when Aaron trims the lamps at twilight, he shall burn incense. That shall be perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generations. If you've ever, you ever been to a Catholic funeral, Remember at the end of the funeral, they take the censer, it's got hot burning coals in it, and they put incense on it, and the smoke of the incense rises up. This is what the, every, every day in the temple, at morning and night, they burned incense, which is a type of worship. That continual worship every day would, would go up to God. And that's what God wants, that's what the fire would do for us. It will cause us to be worshipers, to, to spend time worshiping God and telling him how much we love him, how much we appreciate him. How, how great he is. So the, the fire will help us be worshipers and it'll help us be prayers. God responds to passionate, fervent prayer. Remember what the scripture says in James 5, 16. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. Not, not the uh, unemotional. I'm not, I don't know what the word I'm looking at. Not the, the drab prayer. Not the non-caring prayer but the fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man will unveil much. So that's the fire wants to be. The fire wants to purge us. The fire wants to help us to be, state, to be the people that God's called us to be. And I know I want, to, I want to be on fire for God every day of my life. No matter how long I serve God, I want that fire burning in me. And I pray that you do too, in Jesus' name. So Lord, help us to keep the fire alive. Keep the fire burning inside of us, Lord. Keep us Keep, us, keep purifying us. Keep convicting us. Keep helping us to become all the people you've called us to be. Thank you for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. We yield to the fire in our lives. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's Word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.